Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. I'm so excited to be here with you now. I have a special guest for you. This is Shri, and you can find Shri at shri.alchemy on Instagram. Also, you can check her out on her website, which is metcbotanics.com. Link below. Click follow. For those of you that want to support the show, you'll see the link as well down below. Every little bit is greatly appreciated. And I'm so excited to have this chance to speak with Sheree. She has so many interesting stories and she's really open about her journey and I think you're going to enjoy I can't wait to hear any feedback from you and let's go ahead and begin. I'm so happy to have this opportunity to speak with Sheree and Sheree, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling uh, hmm, very... Like Eye of the Storm <laughs> mood right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> nice. The Eye of the Storm is a pretty amazing spot to be. Have Have you ever been in the Eye of a Storm before, literally, like the Eye of a Hurricane? I have not. Well, I guess a little bit during Sandy. In, uh, I grew up in Long Island, and in Long Island, maybe we were. It was crazy. There was boats everywhere on people's lawns, so that was nuts. Yeah, that is so nuts, isn't it? I heard Sandy was like really bad hurricane. Yeah. Pretty bad. What are you in New York now? I am in New York. Yeah, upstate New York. Cool. What what town? I'm curious. I don't really know upstate New York very well. I've I've only been in New York City. Oh. I, have, I haven't been north of New York okay. City. It's um right now I'm in New Paltz. I live like 20 minutes outside of New Paltz, and it's like two hours, 15 minutes from the city. Got it. And did you grow up on Long Island? I did. Cool. What what town? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, it's a little town on the south shore called Freeport. Cool. My dad is from Oceanside, Long Island. Oh, okay. That's uh, like two towns over. I've spent so much time there. Very cool. I've never gotten a chance to visit that specific town. I have been to Long Island before, and it was a, it was a really interesting experience. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so are you now residing in the upstate New York area, or do you kind of go back I forth? am. Yeah. yeah, for a while I was going back and forth and I started hosting retreats here and just retreating myself here all the time. And I was like, all right, we need to make the full switch, the full move. Nice. Very cool. And can you tell me a little bit about like what your current work entails? Yeah, so I, I am a woman of many trades. Um, I teach yoga. I'm in a few different yoga studios around here, which has been really nice to transition from teaching, I don't know, like five years or so in Long Island and then like building that community up here now. It's been beautiful. Um, so I do that. And then I host a lot of different gatherings and ceremonies around different topics. And um, they're very much like seasonal also. Like I, I switch what I do seasonally. Um, and I also make different herbal skincare products that are influenced by Ayurveda and just like um, just old folklore things I grew up with, like my Central American mom. Um, 
And I also host retreats and trainings and the retreats also have different themes, but around like Zen Buddhism and yoga and connecting with nature and just being with ourselves. Um, and some are only for women. So that's been sweet. Nice. And, um, and yeah, just different things. I do meridian massage and then serve medicine. It's really a, a lot of things. Very cool. Can you tell me what you would attribute the spark that got you on this path? Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a few different sparks because I think I got on the path and then was like, I want to just be a little more mundane right now. And, you know, then I needed another spark. But the the first spark was from my mom and just the way I grew up, um, just a super spiritual um just, I don't kind of like far out upbringing, like the beliefs and, and the stories and the things that have happened and the working with medicine and like witchcraft, it, it just was always around me. Um, and around a lot of like the community I was in also, so it felt kind of casual. Um, and I actually thought that that like, that was normal to me. And I wanted to like be normal at one point and like, just have some Pepto Bismol instead of all these weird herbs that's on TV and normal, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that was just like my teenage part of like um, conditioning, you know, television and all that stuff. So the second spark was um, this group that my mom, uh, she's still in it, and like very much, like her whole life is around it. It's like a sect of Christianity, but it, it's pretty cool. Like it has some shifts where it's not like you know to connect to jesus or to have this this connection to the divine that it needs to be like through a priest or through someone else but you can cultivate that connection through your own through like devotion and reverence and prayer and like togetherness in that um so that group definitely like rocked my world and caught the holy ghost a few times and would really just like pass out in ecstasy from like these prayers that, that would go on there um and i don't know it was maybe like 12 or something like that so that was a huge spark something that like i couldn't forget even in like my older crazy years it, it was always there um and then eventually just finding like an actual yoga class in the studio it just did it for me and like kept me on the path nice nice what was that first yoga studio studio experience like Oh, it was amazing. Um, so this little yoga studio where I ended up doing like my 200 hour teacher training at all was literally right down my road. And I always saw it growing up as a kid and was so attracted to it. It's called breathing flow yoga. Um, and I always thought that I had to be like 18 or an adult to like go in there and do yoga. Um, so when I was, uh, like 16 going on 17, and like graduating high school and getting my first car, I was like, if I can have a car, I can go into a yoga class. So I just walked in there and um, I was just like crying the whole time because it really felt like um, something I've known my whole life and something that like I finally found and came back to. Um, and I just like, it was just my language that I was already like into and speaking, but I didn't know that other people were speaking this language. Um, and then I remember in Shavasana, again, I was just crying, like so grateful and just having these thoughts, like, I'm going to do this my whole entire life. And like, I'm going to be a yoga teacher. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm supposed to like practice Shavasana, not think. And mm -hmm. I remember that being like my yeah. memories of that. Um, nice. It was a great first time. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. You know, 
Uh, first thought that pops into my mind is that when I grew up in a Christian background home and had been to different gatherings where there were situations that sound possibly similar to what you experienced when you were around 12, where the terminology that uh, was around at the time for me was like called slain in the spirit. And so there's this idea of like going up and the, you know, it sounds very much when I read about what happens in India in relation to Shaktipat, which is like this initiation ceremony where potentially some teacher, guru, person would maybe just being around them or maybe having them put their hand on your head that you'd have some sort of kundalini awakening experience. But I can't say that the experiences I had as a kid with this, these sort of traditions were all that phenomenal. But then when you made mention of growing up, your mom having association with witchcraft, like right away, I almost get scared because I feel like there's so much in the Christian world of saying like, whoa, be, be aware of that other side, which involves that. So I, I just want to hear from your experience, having been around it from a young age, how do you make sense of all that? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the way I make sense of it has been influenced a lot by my mom's process with it because she is so involved in the church. Like she's like one of like the head leaders for the prayers and like speaks tongues and all that, you know, like yes. very uh, things that you need to be very involved into the church to like <laughs> yes. see at that point. Yes. Um, but yeah, I know that like she knows all these things that I've seen her do growing up. Um so yeah, it's been beautiful to watch her process with it and like her decisions on why she wanted to stop certain practices or not have been deep points of reflection to me. And um, there's this this level of like surrender to the divine where you don't want to meddle too much with some of these witchcraft practices. And I, I think that resonates with me too, like seeing my mom's choices behind it. Um, I think she, I think she a little more extreme than me. Like, I don't think like, oh, it's just the devil's work. Um, I think it can be your own ego, though, or your own shadow that's trying to have all this control and manipulation mm. of certain things, especially yeah. like other people. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's not devil. I think it could just be your own shadow. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. I, I see yeah. her perspective and I change some words with some of like my world's words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I appreciate you answering that. I know it maybe could be a delicate subject, but but I think why not talk about it? Do, do you agree? Why not? <laughs> why? I love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> do I mean we all kind of like we look back on the way our parents raised us. I mean I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I mean I can look back and you know there's certain things that I really appreciate and there's certain things that I still struggle with. Do do you feel like you have moments where you're all in and moments where you question things or are you where are you, how do you feel about that? Um, I think I will always question things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, it would be so boring to just be like, this is only it. And I love when life humbles me with a different perspective um, or a way to just like broaden um, 
my awareness and also like just let go more also of what I'm holding on to and like just honor that mystery and not need to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, but I do notice that when I do go into those deep questioning stuff, like what am I practicing? Why am I practicing? Do I believe it? And like, on like, what if it's not the way or whatever, you know, I think it helps me just reaffirm my, my beliefs and my trust in it. And also like let go of some stuff I maybe don't need to hold on to anymore. So yeah. it usually yeah serves me to contemplate nice. it. Yeah, I agree. I hear you about the fine line element of that, right? Like like where the mo- the moderation that's required with questioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is, well, you know, it's interesting that you said, I feel like I'm in the eye of the storm. That would imply that you went through something challenging. You're now in a pretty good spot, but you expect some more challenge up ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, can you talk a little bit about like maybe what challenge you've gone through recently that, that would in- indicate that you've moved from storm to calm? Yeah. I mean, the storm's still going. I think <laughs> yeah. I've just like, <laughs> um, just really been supporting yeah. myself extra with yeah. that which helps me just like um accept which is a huge part that i think brings me that feeling of like calm and grace within the chaos um but i'm right now like there's construction where i'm living so just like letting go of so much stuff and having to look at how much stuff i have has been a lot yeah. And my attachments to all these things. And I've gone through phases where I like, let go of everything, total minimalist. And then I'm like, oh, beautiful things. Take it all back in. Um, so that and then just like I have to find a place to live during the construction. So that's a Got little it. overwhelming. And yeah. yeah, so it's like very on still the, the storm. <laughs> yeah, understood. Understood. I get that. That first class that you went to if you had to clump it into or categorize it into a specific style or type of practice, what would you label it as like a vinyasa um, flow? Was, or uh, like yeah, a, it was a vinyasa. Yeah. Cool. And then from there, can you give me a little bit of a snapshot of what type of different yoga practices you've encountered and what's really resonated with you over the years? Yeah. Um, so I started with vinyasa and, pretty much all the classes there were vinyasa um and then there was a good amount of yin yoga so i started practicing yin early on which i think was great for like a young teenager to slow down and find stillness it's helped me so much in life um and then i got really into restorative yoga um maybe about like three years into practicing yoga i like hurt like every joint and limb in my body because i was so flexible and was just on myself into all of these postures so then I had to just do restorative for a while I couldn't even do like a child's pose without my knees wow. feeling like wow. they were gonna break so yeah even it was that, intense I mean do you mind me uh just to have some some understanding of like what age you were at at that point that you felt that much discomfort in your body maybe like 18 wow mm-hmm. yeah it's good to hear that's interesting I think there's that I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry I want I'm gonna let you finish and then I'll I'll, I'll come back with some questions but restorative Mm -hmm. so (laughs) a lot of restorative and just like yoga nidra and things that i really didn't need to like do a lot of asana for um and like that's when i got into like pranayama and i was like oh cool like i can go to those same places i did 
in these other active classes without that much action mm. and actually can go like really special places through stillness. Yeah. Um, so I got really into just teachers that like spoke more about like the subtle practices and the subtle body. Um, and I, and that's when I started practicing Ashtanga, which really was just so great um, for just like restrengthening my body and like healing from all those injuries. And it's such a meditative practice. So it was just fabulous. Um and then I found my teacher, Dharma Mitra, in New York City. He's amazing. Yes, um, that's right. He's that's right. 83 now. I remember yeah. now that we had this, we, we talked about this. Because you know Aaron Body Aware? Do you know or Aaron, um, yeah. Aaron Rose Vaughn? And, yeah, that's and, like my, my teacher. And, and Will Dupree. Yeah, yeah. I met Will in my first teacher training on my 200-hour Breathe and Flow. And I was like, oh, like this is... This is a lot of this world I didn't know existed. That's He's an amazing teacher. Awesome. We we had a chance to host Will here for workshops before, and that's um when I first met him. And I haven't gotten a chance to meet Erin yet in person, but I did have her on the podcast and she was so cool. Oh man. She's the coolest. She is so awesome. So that's the cool. Coolest. That's great. That um yeah, I'm happy to to learn about that connection. Can you tell me a little bit about what your journey has been like practicing with um, Dharma Mitra? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really, he's so special to me because little things like this, like um, we're in a posture one time and, you know, he shows all these these things that are a little crazy. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like 80 year old man showing me things I've never seen before yes. with like so much playfulness and like lightness and joy. Um, so I'm in this pose and I'm taking it so serious. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like doing this intense, hard pose. I got to focus. And he's just like, imagine you're on the palm of the Lord. And I just like (laughs) saw from my whole body and took it from like this me doing this pose to like this offering of the posture and of like my, my concentration and my awareness in that. Um, So he really shifted it from being like this me doing the pose to like, this very um, connective experience with like all and with God. Um, so that was great. And yes. yeah, he, his like style and his essence totally sticks with me in all my classes. So it's really yeah. cool. And um, so Arian studied with him for a very long time. So her teacher and, you know, talks about him all the time. Um, and my other teacher, Yoshio. So um, practicing with them has been really beautiful to just like kind of stay in the same um, I don't know, energy of the practice. Yes. That's awesome. I had a chance to practice with them once in here in Florida and, and it was a really interesting, yeah. cool experience. So I'm so excited to talk to other people that, that have gotten to be around him. He's definitely a really special person for sure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And so then you start practicing Dharma Mitra yoga in Manhattan. You're, you're in downtown New York. So what are you commuting from Long Island, mm-hmm. New York, upstate New York into the city yeah. like, to take a class and then leave again? Or do you have friends in the city that you could stay with overnight? Cause um, that's a bit of a journey, right? Like that would, that would take, it's a like, journey. To take it to it was an, my weekly journey. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice. Do you still make that journey? I don't now because I'm upstate and I'm so much further before yeah. it was like a 45 minute train ride yeah. and like a 20 minute walk, which was lovely um, to go to his class. But I'd make it a day. I would like get acupuncture from Erin, actually. She's also an acupuncturist yes. yeah. um, and then take Dharma's class to make it like a whole me day. 
Um, but yeah, it's so much harder now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And then so beyond that, did that kind of like like uh, enclose it all for you to where you don't feel like you're looking or studying with different teachers? You know what I mean? Like, are you... I think we're all students yeah, of life so, and we're, we're, we're open to new teachers all the time, but I'm just curious, like, mm-hmm. are you, do you feel like you're grounded in that sort of whole style or, or a, a way of approaching yoga? Yeah, I feel very, um, like it feels very aligned and just like wholesome that, that approach, which, nice. um, I love reading the Hatha yoga pretty and Erin also teaches from it a lot. Um, I've done some like, trainings courses with her where like we really practice out of like that perspective um so like with just the different trainings and the classes with with him like I practice on my own that way but in this area like I actually was just talking to my friend about this the other day that I feel like this sense of like longing and like emptiness of like the going to the yoga studio and getting the classes like practicing with like my teachers um I do miss it very much um so yeah I just recently found someone that had that learned under Dharma Mitra maybe like 20 minutes from here so I'm gonna go check out their class and hope we can like catch that vibe there again yeah I hear ya it's a big transition going from being around all that incredible energy to then being needing to be completely self-sufficient for generating the enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's great teachers. I'm just like, I know what I like and what works for me now that it just doesn't feel good to like, I don't know, do other sorts of styles that just don't do it for me anymore. Yeah. You brought up the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and I remember kind of briefly reading it, not really getting into it, but just like reading it and, and going, well, this is really interesting. And then I took a workshop with a teacher who is in the world of like Tantra and meditation. And he came in and was like, you know, I don't know why all these modern yoga studios sell the Hatha Yoga Pradipika because the practices in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika are so extreme you know, in relation to talking about doing the cutting of the tongue and catching the Amritta Bindu and some of the other cleansing or uh, practices are uh, fairly intense, obviously, uh, for those that have read it. But I'm um, curious what you've taken from it that you can apply to the modern day, your modern, this this life currently or here now. I mean, Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I think beyond the extremities, I actually like the simplicities of the book, um, like how much reverence and like even the way they they talk up so dramatically, like the simple postures like Pashimottanasana and like all the cities that come from it and and all these like very simple intestinal like digestive benefits and, and stuff like I love that, like yeah. the honoring of the simplicity and how deep and how profound of an experience it can be like if you put your attention into what you're doing in a simple posture like just sadasana right great point great answer you're right because like if we look at dharma's poster of what what is the number of the amount of poses on it it's like 
Is it like a thousand and eight or have, something like that? <laughs> I have the book. It's like crazy. The, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and then you're right. Then to pick up a text, that's just like, look, here's one pose. And look at all this incredible stuff that can happen from this one pose. You're right. That's a, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I always found that inspirational. And then also like, I think they do a good point of emphasizing um, the greater, the greater purpose of doing these practices, which I just love being reminded of. Um, so nice. I'm a fan of it, but yeah. And then I think it's also interesting to like, I like, I don't want to cut the bottom of my tongue, you know, to touch my like yeah. third eye with my tongue. But I, I just think it's like the yeah. same way I look at yeah. art. Like it can yeah. be so insane and yeah. I'm just like admiring it. Like yeah. I think I just admire yeah. those things in there. Yeah. What do you think the connection between that sort of concepts um, and modern day body what is it called? What, what's the proper terminology I, could, terminology I could use? Like say like piercing and or tattooing and or like what body modification? Body modification. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause I mean, at some level there has to be an idea of like mind over matter in relation to pain and discomfort in relation to being able to handle some sort of modification done to the body. And it seems to me too, like what Hatha Yoga Pradipika practices entail, are are also along the same line that are easy to judge from the from the outside world and if we don't understand it we could look at it and be like that seems crazy why would you do that mm-hmm. but then when you're in it there's a there's something to it do you have any insights regarding either that those yeah. ideas yeah yeah i think of the word like tapas you know with like just that friction and fire and how we really can purify our like beliefs and our doubts and our like strengthen our mental power and will and concentration through some of these practices. And I think, you know, it might not be for everyone, especially like your nervous system is super dysregulated and just kind of stress yourself out more with these kinds of things like cold plunging, for example. But um, I really do think you can get a lot of medicine out of these practices with a certain uh, body awareness and intention, you know, and purpose behind it. Um, I personally like love practices like that. Like I uh, do do like the cold plunging, but it was always a thing for me of like going in very relaxed and doing it very slow and taking at least like eight relaxed breaths while I'm in there to train that ability to like be at ease and to just watch and cultivate equanimity, not just like I'm going to go in there and like run out kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I vibe with it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, can you tell me something else that you've garnished from being around Aaron and practicing or being, being with Aaron? Yeah. So, um, so there's Dharma, right. In his essence. And I love how she like shares that essence of just like devotion and, and the yoga practice and the yoga lineage. But she's also an acupuncturist and, and uh, practices Chinese medicine, which I also love and I think is so wise and like poetic and beautiful. Um, so she's combined both and does meridian yoga. And that has just been life changing in bringing me so much deeper into my body and just really expanded like, subtle body awareness for me of thinking about these meridians and also very empowering to not just have like this wall between me and my emotions, but to really find a deeper understanding of where they come from and how they work and how they move and how I can meet them better 
like through my body or just through like pressure points or through my mind, um, through ways to support myself and like literally like taking care of certain organs that hold certain emotions has been uh, really fun and just deep for me. Nice. Can you explain a little bit to me what type of ceremonies you facilitate in the realm of either combo and or plant medicine? Yeah, so um, combo I've been working with since I'm like 17 or something. I don't have the best of counting years. I don't know, like nine years or, or so. Um, and when I serve combo now, I mean, it's changed throughout the years, but I do a lot of one-on-ones. I really love doing one-on-ones. I do do some group ceremonies. Um, if I'm doing it alone, usually about five people. There's more than that. I'll like bring on some assistance. Um, and I love just making it like a whole experience, not just like, here's this medicine, bye. But like, yeah, talking and connecting beforehand and prayer and just... Uh, just creating like a nice container, like a clear container while we're doing it, you know, I'm bringing in like reverence and I like talking about like the frog and like share my stories about it to just like create like relation with it, even before sitting with it. Um, during the ceremonies, sound music is very much involved and certain methods of like helping move the energy um, and supporting the person while they're going through that experience also. And that is like in so many different ways that that can be. Um, and then after I really like, focus on the resting and like the integration where you like restorative yoga for some time. Um, when I do the group ceremonies, I do like a sound bath after, uh, which I think also helps just like with the restoration and helping to move any other energy. Um, and yeah, just like staying in contact and becoming friends with a lot of these people also and seeing how like combo shifts their life afterwards. Nice. Is there a chance it can make things even more challenging than they already are? Or does it often always offer some clarity? It always does. You know, I've worked with different medicines and I think other medicines, not everyone, you know, like I think a lot of people shouldn't work with like psychedelics, honestly, unless they have like a guide or they're really working on dosage properly. Um, That's just my personal opinion from working on it since I'm like 15 years old. But with combo, I feel like almost everyone can get it. Like, it's just so straight to the point and like very, it's almost like a scientific, I mean, they all can be scientific, but it's a very like on the physical level, just cleanse your body out. It's like doing um, a detox that's formulated for your body. And out of that, you will feel lighter and you will have some more clarity because there's stagnation, there's mud that's being moved off of your body. Um, so combo is used a lot to like prepare for different medicines. Um, and like the tribes, you know, like a lot of them like work with it every single day. It's, um, not something that will like disorient you after, like it'll only leave you feeling more clear and spacious. Um, unless like you had a crazy like tumor that you didn't know about and combo like made something rupture. Now you have a problem, but like that would have been a problem anyways. And now you're just dealing with it sooner. Interesting. Yeah. So there, yeah, all right. I know it's a, it's a big one, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to all this. So do, um, can you give me, I've never experienced combo. Can you give me, uh, an idea of what 
an experience that you've had in the past was like, or can you explain it? Is it, is it something that is explainable? It's pretty explainable. Yeah. I mean, there's some like space for nuance and subtlety, but for the most part, it's very, uh, kind of the same thing every time. Um, so it comes from a frog. It's a secretion from a frog and the way it gets, um, packaged, I guess. I mean, it's very rustic packaging. It's not like a fancy packaging. It's on like a slab of wood and it goes on there. And then you, to activate it, you can't use water. It has to be saliva. It's like the same peptides and our saliva help to activate the peptides and molecules in that. So um, you mix your saliva with it and then there becomes like these little dots of goo pretty much. Um, And then the opening of the gates in the body is there's like this little stick that looks like an incense pretty much. You light it up like it's an incense. looks like a little incense or a cigar. It's very small. And then you just go like... And just take off like one layer of your skin. Um, so it leaves behind like just a very small dot. And traditionally, women get served on the ankles. And for the most part, men get served on the arm. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that are going on now. People doing it in different parts of the body, um, like depending on meridians and stuff. But I, I just keep it casual and, and simple. Um so once it goes on, you feel it instantly. There's like a very burning sensation there in that area. Um, and um, usually the first things that you feel are like a lot of heat and discomfort. It's really not a comfortable medicine. It's so that's, I think also separates it a lot. And it's like, you're just sitting with all your shit. You're rumbling it all up and bringing it all up to the surface for you to feel. And it's like all your toxins. So a lot of people use it to like detox off of like drugs and all. And, you know, it feels fucking terrible. It's just all coming up to the surface at once. Um, you can put it on your ankles and it'll be more gentle. Um, but if you can just like breathe through that part and just keep it steady, like it really can be such a beautiful experience. And it, it is a purging medicine. So at some point you will most likely throw up. Not so you drink a lot of water beforehand. Um, you might go through the other end. There's been times where I'm just like sobbing, crying the whole time. Like all my grief and my lungs like literally hurt. It's, it can be very intense. Um, some people do pass out and there's like, I've heard a lot of, uh, reasons why the tribes believe people pass out. Cause like for them, they never pass out. It's really just like, uh, they've seen like Westerners and like foreigners from that, from like there. Um, pass out so it's very interesting um yeah but then the the part where like can be very unique is just like it scans your body and sees what's going on with you and we all have different stuff even if it's the same person sitting with it it's different every single time at some point like what comes up um so i'll share my my first time i literally was like oh my god why did i do this i feel like i'm gonna die like i really thought i was gonna die like this is it this is the end um and I was like, damn, like, cause I was in so much pain also. Um, at that point I had suffered with like a really painful ulcer for about, I don't know, three years. I was always going to doctors, always like trying to take Tums and eliminating things from my diet. It was just the worst pain ever. And anything that made me like scared or nervous or shocked, it'd be just like shooting pain right in the stomach where I expected it all the time. Like if I knew something was going to be stressful, I'm like, oh my God, this pain's coming. Um, so it was like normal for me at that point. So during my first combo session, the pain was so intense that I was just like curled up in a ball screaming. I couldn't take it. 
And then I was like, all right, well, I, you know, I've been doing these practices long enough where I can choose to stop victimizing myself and trust the medicine and go into deep looking and listening and feeling and breathing. And once I did that, everything just shifted. And I just started to feel all like the anger and the suppressed anger really that was like in my like stomach and in my liver. And I just started like saying sorry and, and accepting it and praying to Jesus and God and the pain just subsided little by little. And it just ended up with like me just getting so much clarity on like suppressed anger and emotions and things that I was dealing with. Mm. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that story. Thank you so much. Cause I, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I, it's so great to hear like firsthand accounts and that that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I will share just what like made me um, stay working with the medicine after it causing me so much suffering, really like sitting with that is that I never got that ulcer pain again, something mm. I dealt with for three whole years, acknowledging it and breathing into it with this medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, we'll take a short little break. Something happened. Shri must have gotten cut off. That's the interesting thing about Zoom and the internet is that we never know what's going to happen. Ooh, also what what could have happened? She could have her, her her battery could have died on her phone. <laughs> that could be something for sure. And I'm just going to hang out here for a moment and just uh, see if she joins back on and and. Uh, process that information. I know I've been hearing about combo and I think, you know, probably personally, like I respect what, what everybody does. Right. I, I, someone told me recently they came across this more modern philosophy that is let them, <laughs> let them like if, if you have children and your children are learning to navigate the world, let them, let them navigate it. Like, don't micromanage. Don't try to do everything for them. Like, let them figure it out. Um, you know, and obviously guidance is critical. So I'm not, you know, saying that just like leave your kids somewhere. And, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's probably some wisdom behind the let them philosophy. Also, there's a concept in relation to someone's telling me that, that you can also use that is that if somebody is like, being mean to you and or treating you uh, and or just acting really unruly and and uh, let them, just let them, let them be them, let them do their thing. Doesn't mean it has to affect us. It can affect us. We can choose to let it affect us, but we can also just like let them do their thing. And uh, I guess what it all boils down to, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else and I know that can even go deeper but I guess in relation back to this idea with combo I remember the first time I heard about it for me personally knowing that I will have scars from the administration of the treatment makes me just you know just think oh I don't know if I want to do that and uh but also hearing what she was talking about in relation to relation to how difficult it was like how much going into the pain 
And I mean, there's something to this. Going into the pain is definitely something that is absolutely essential. Like if you have really intense pain, the more we resist it and try to like fight it, it just gets worse. And then there's this element of when we finally surrender to it and just say, all right, take me. <laughs> that it just, its grip is loosened. And so there's so many different ways to contact that and get in touch with it. And then hopefully we won't have to, right? That's kind of what I'm always hoping. Hopefully like the pain will subside and, and it does. And, you know, you come out the other side going, geez, that was intense. So I guess that's my first thoughts after hearing what Sri was saying, kind of, Oh, 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 I saw something blip on the screen. She's coming back in. She's coming back in. There she is. There she is. <laughs> Did your phone battery die? Did your phone battery die? It died and also my Zoom wouldn't let me back in. Oh, I just kept chatting. I just kept talking. I was just processing everything you told me just to thin air over here. <laughs> I figured you'd come back. I, I wanted to give you a little bit of time. I had a feeling you were going to come back. Yay. Uh-oh. Yes, I'm back. Oh, oh. I got, this a little, is... I got a little feedback. Let's work on the sound. Let's see what okay, we, we should do. be good now. That's of course, better. the, the That's car better. connected. That's to... better. Oh, yeah, you're on the Bluetooth. It actually sounds pretty clear, though. Can you hear me fine? It's not connecting to the headphones, but yeah. if you can hear me. I can hear you totally fine, actually. Okay, great. So we'll just keep the headphones out of the equation. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, um, isn't life like this? You just, you, we just keep rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty used to this, uh, this chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, do you, do you ever have, how do you, Shri, manage... Um, what's the right? Well, I think you kind of explained my question was going to be like, how do you manage the intensity of emotion that can come up with chaos? Because like, you know, it's, it can be, I don't know if you have anxiety, if you've ever experienced anxiety, but like when, when anxiety comes up, like, you know, sometimes chaos definitely can trigger anxiety. Do you have challenges with anxiety at all? Or do you got, do you feel like you have that pretty under wraps these days? Um, I used to hard, like I got prescribed medication for it when I was younger. Um, and I used to like almost black out from panic attacks when wow. I was younger. Wow. Um, and pranayama did it for me. Like whenever a little like phone dies, exhale, exhale, exhale. And like, I think I've just been practicing that for so long that I was actually able to regulate my nervous system and like confide in that practice also, like even if it's easier to just choose to go off into the spiral, like trusting that the breath will keep everything shanti. Like really yeah. has helped so much. Yeah. That's amazing. That's cool that you're able to turn it around. And you feel like now these days you can, if you, if you get any inkling of that sensation, you're, you're able to manage it pretty quickly. Yeah, honestly, the breath is like instant, instant medicine. And of course, like mentally being friendly to myself and all that. But the breath is always first for yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you feel that <clears throat> working with plant medicine has that slight like like 
not sure which way it's going to go type of thing. You know what I mean? Like where if, if you are anxious and I mean, what you explained in relation to the combo ceremony is um, a classic experience, isn't it? Where I think I'm going to die. This is so painful. And then the surrender and the healing that comes from that surrender process. Um, have you come into any situations where you've been working with somebody or maybe yourself where, where it didn't work out well, where it, and you might've made mention that when you said why you think people might need to be careful with psychedelics, because it could potentially not work out well for them. So I'm just curious, um, how you navigate that now, because I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, Whew, I'm glad I did that when I was young. And now I'm just so happy to be just like <laughs> the, the more normal things can like normal is a stupid word now, but like the more um, uh, like just boring life can be. I love that. Like I want things to be really simple and boring right now. What, what, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts around around, you know, that those ideas? Yeah, I I get it. I love the simple now where, yes, I have had like the most extremes of extremes. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen it just be very taxing on people's minds. And like even I mean, we could bring it into yoga a little bit where like even some of these yoga practices can potentially according to these thoughts, like move so much energy or stimulate so much of a Kundalini awakening that like the body can't even withstand this energy or like the life falls apart because it needs to be able to like hold this new energy and like resonate with it. Um, so I think that's something that happens with medicine. Also, it's like you get blasted into this deep awareness, but your life is so like not in alignment really with what you're you're perceiving now or like where you are mentally that it can be very overwhelming and like depressing. Yeah. Um, so that's why I love gentleness, um, even in my yoga practices and all the things I do. I think there's this line of like not overwhelming ourselves that that can really make experiences like nourishing and um like just a gentle expansion um, where, yeah, too much, too quick of anything, you know, yeah, can always yeah. just like not be the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Understood. Good answer. Um, you made mention that you're reading the book when things fall apart by Pima Chodron for a second time. Can you share insights you may you've received from reading her work? Yeah. So there's this one line that keeps going on in my head. Um, it's like, you know, and I might not be saying exactly the the words, but like, you know, when um, there's just something really intense that happens in life or to us or around us, that that's not even the most interesting thing. It's what happens next. That that's what's most interesting. And I just love that because it takes it away from like the happening and into our relation to that happening and, and like our relation to ourself throughout these happenings. Um, so I think as like a yoga practitioner and, and all the things I've learned and felt and, and I think are helpful, um, it really creates just like this very compassionate stage of like, how are we going to respond to this? And not so much like what is going on, but what is the response going to be? And how can it be like out of a place of, um, 
of just like love and, and wisdom. And even if I don't want to choose that, but like being interested in what yeah. my response is going to be. Yeah, That is cool. Thinking about like, okay, well what's coming next is what's going to actually make what just happened maybe more sensible. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. I got to read that one. I have that one. I started it. <clears throat> I didn't finish it, but Recently, I was going through a major pain scenario and I was like, oh, I, I was like, wait, that's right. I have a book upstairs when things fall apart. Maybe I need to read that book. Right now. <laughs> you know, I'm Googling like, what are the best books for when you have pain that you think, you know, you're not going to survive, you know, that type of thing. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's intense. Yeah. It's intense, isn't things. it? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, and I just love books that are just like the pain is real, but here are some ways we can like perceive it, you know, and like, and feel it. I think it's just so beautiful to like step into not just disassociating out of life. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That word disassociate, disassociation. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I remember as a kid, uh, my parents were like, Todd, stop disassociating. And I, at that point was feeling like, but this is how I'm coping. Mm-hmm. And, it, and for me, it was like, and, and for me, I feel like it was a way of almost meditating and dealing and learn and like actually being able to get through whatever I was going through. So it's funny, like sometimes disassociating sounds like it's a, a negative thing, but I swear it saved my life. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's an interesting but I, yeah. I, I do want to strive in the direction of not dissociating. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or even being conscious of when we are. Mm. Like, that can yeah. be cool, yeah. you know? And, like, yeah. just leaving it as that and building that awareness. And, and, like, I love how you said it saved your life. I really do think it's the body's, like, method of helping us. Yeah. Until, you know, until we can, like, yeah. look at things. Yeah, process it. Mm-hmm. Where, what are you up to these days with your art? Um, I am really loving making just very interesting looking people, not even people. I don't know. They're just <laughs> some beings. <laughs> um, and I'm putting together an art show for the fall. Um, I haven't like presented my art in some time, so I'm excited to, to do that and making some art, um, based off of just a lot of the things I've been feeling into, these past few months, uh, or maybe like year, really, I think I've just been processing so much that this is like a nice way to, uh, to make some art out of that. That's really cool. You know, right. When you, when you say that, I'm just, I, uh, so for everyone listening, I, obviously you can't see what's happening on the YouTube, but I have a picture that Shri painted recently and I saw it on Instagram and follow her at Shri.alchemy. And can I read what you wrote here? Do you mind? Yeah, go for it. And this is your this is your writing. This is not from someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if I told you it's okay to be afraid of loneliness, of dying, aging, vulnerability, failure, heartbreak? What if you believed it's okay and accepted your humanness tenderly and fully? What if you danced through your fears compassionately and gracefully? And on the other side, your heart throbs in freedom not because you won anything, but because you lived. Because over and over again, you chose living. Because after heartbreak, you open your heart again to love, is to live with your fears, worries, and anxieties. And to keep choosing, feeling, loving, experiencing this God-given life. Ooh, I like that. 
That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. And then that, that picture that you painted, which you said, it looks, I don't know, is it like Picasso-ish almost? Like it's, a, <laughs> it's an interesting body position. It's very limby, and yeah, like. yeah. That's cool. <laughs> So what medium are you using? What medium are you using? Is that um, watercolor? Uh, watercolor. Yeah. Watercolor and ink for like the black. That's kind of my vibe. Like very light colors and then like dark ink. Have you, have you always been painting? Have you been doing this since you were young? Yeah. Since I've been as long as I can remember. Um, it's always been a big thing for me making art and painting specifically and drawing. Um and yeah, I like when you were actually speaking about like the disassociating when you're younger and like the saving your life, like my like disassociating from life and painting for hours totally saved my life, like yeah. growing up. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter was watching a show, I think it's called Raising Hope, and it's kind of comedic. And there was a scene where he, this boy, when he was like age two, because the parents had to work, they tied him to the couch basically and left him there, which is like pretty horrific. Right. And there was a picture of a deer on the wall and it shows the camera go to the deer. And then it shows him now in his current age. And he's like, I remember staring at that deer and thinking that that deer also was tied to the wall by its parents, why it was off working. And I was like, Whoa, that's so heavy <laughs> because there is that element of like, I know. How do you explain that? Like what, what we're talking, I mean, I'm trying to explain it, but where you have to like, you, but through art, that makes perfect sense that you were able to almost like go into a whole nother world in that. For sure. Yeah. Which has to be quite revealing to look at what you came up with artistically. (laughs) Do you ever go, do you ever go back and look at that? Do you have that anymore? Cause you also mentioned. Uh, Yeah, I have all of it actually. And it's all, there's some, there's some dark stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that yeah, younger me got to like very shamelessly put all that out there. And I was Mm. so shameless about it. I was like, look at my pain world. And like, and it was beautiful also. So I'm like, look at my beautiful pain world. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. (laughs) Have you gotten together? Have you gotten it together at a point to put together like a show and actually display your art in that level? Or is it more just like a one piece at a time and give it to somebody, hold on to it? What, what phase are you at in terms of like professionalizing your artistic, your artistic mm. abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am going to put, I did put show. I went, okay. So I guess I'll start here. I have a <laughs> bachelor's in fine arts, so I had to like really go and do all the shows and do all the things in school. Cool. Um, and then I taught painting classes. I had like my own like traveling, uh, paint party business for maybe like three years. And I did super well with that and got to teach so many people. It was great. Um, so that's kind of where that went. And then I was going to school to be uh, an art teacher and then COVID happened. And I totally was just like, I'm, I'm piecing out of this after I graduated. Like, I'm just kind of going to travel for a bit. So I did some traveling. Um, and until recently, I was like, I kind of want to see if I can be like an art professor at some point and go back to school for my master's. Um, but really, like, it's been so nice to actually step away from like, you know, being on my grade, like graded on my work and like uh, kind of the pressure that came from art school and to just do it more in like a poetic, expressive way. Um 
but knowing that I like want to share this. So yeah, just like want to make some cute and I love throwing events. So just kind of making an event out of my art and showing it that way. Cool. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds like a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live off my paintings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing when you, I remember I read an article in the yoga journal magazine before I became a yoga teacher, but I was really enthralled with yoga and the article went along the lines of like people that fell in love with yoga, did a yoga teacher training, didn't like teaching and stopped practicing yoga. Almost like they love something and then we turn it professional and then the love that we have for it gets lost because of the things that come with professionalization. So um, I would imagine that could be very true with artwork big time, like, you know, like oh, yeah. pressure and I guess everything is art on that level, but, but that's, yeah. For sure. You exactly. hear that with like musicians, like, all right, we need three albums out of you in like three weeks, you know? And you're like, how I can't create yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would go like nights, uh, like weeks without sleeping. And like, I would just be so into like producing that I wouldn't even like eat, you know, like yeah, it was just yeah. unhealthy. And then I created like this resentment almost towards creating art. Like, oh, when I go into it, I am not like, I can't take care of myself well or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so even like changing those stories around and, and all that has been part of the process of starting to paint again. Cool. What do you feel the future holds? Like, I don't know. Do you ever get that feeling? Sometimes you're like, wow, who knows what's going to happen here? Um, are you, are, how are you preparing for the future? Oh man. I, so that's where I'm at right now. Like this part of me is just like, maybe I can just like travel the world. And then like, but I actually love building community and being in one place. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. so yeah. And, and I'm like so young and don't have kids and all this. So, I mean, I am really at this point where there's so many options and I'm really just feeling into like what, um, yeah. What feels good right now, you know, and not get too lost in the future because that yeah. can just be overwhelming, yeah. you know? Big time. Um, yeah. But what I'm doing to prepare is just like um, keep building community and just keep connecting with my practices so that like, you know, while I'm offering these things, it, it doesn't turn into this whole like, I'm just doing this for money and for work and like being at a point where like I'm stressing out if, um, for something that I love doing, I'm stressing out if it's going to be, I'm just stressing out a period over something that I love doing. Yeah. Um, so just building yeah. like healthy relationship with all the things that I love, um, to keep sharing and to like keep doing what I'm doing is a, a big part of it. I think. Cool. Great answer. If you, okay, Shri, here's 20 grand and you got to go travel. Where's your first stop? Definitely hitting the Amazon. I would love to go mm. to Peru and Brazil. And um, I've never actually met the combo frog. So that is a big um, like yearning in my heart to like sit with the tribes and actually be like on the land of the medicine for some time. And, and I sing and like um, perform songs. So I would love to like um, connect to like their music there too. Yeah. Amazing. Very cool. Ooh, then where? <laughs> if you yeah, keep going, that was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. You're not going to need that much money when no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not. You could go um, a long way. I would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I would also love to go just all throughout Central America. Um, my mom's from El Salvador, so I've spent a lot of time there and I just spent a lot of time in, in Guatemala. I love it there too. So I would just spend some more time there, like Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, um, Honduras, and just connect to to all that, that land cool. there for some time. Very cool. Whenever yeah. I hear about people driving from California all the way down to South America, that just seems like such an incredible adventure. I know there's a section that you can't get through, right? What country is that in where it's like no man's land? Like you, you can't get a car all the way through or can you drive all the way down now? I'm not sure. I think there's I a know. section. I think there's a section somewhere along there in Central America. Yeah. I'll have to double check that. I'll research that one. For our next conversation, because I can't believe it, but we're, we're already coming up, up and around about an hour. On that note, Shri, what did I miss? I want to try to pull as much out of you as I could and cover a lot of bases. What else can I you tell me about to get to know you? So I mean, it's our first time getting to, to meet each other, and I really appreciate your enthusiasm and just openness and willingness to chat about what you're up to. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to share? Um, well, I want to say thank you. It, yeah, I'm so excited to chat and I love what you do. I think it's so beautiful to hear people's stories and perspectives. Um, and yeah, thank it's been you. so fun to speak about all the, the things I love trying to think if there's anything else. Um, like hmm, if, if, I know oh. I mentioned uh, my passion around like women's work and mm. listening to our rhythms and our connection to the moon and all our different like phases and supporting the different phases. Um, I think other than that, we pretty much got it all covered. Cool. And if we want to find you, we can either go to Instagram at shri.alchemy and mm. your website is, remind me again, I'm going to write it down so everyone can just click it at the bottom. Can you just say it out loud? Yeah, it's at metzibotanics.com. Cool. And you have any events, if someone's listening that's in New York, and I think this will be like maybe three weeks from this actual moment, is there anything, a place that people can meet you and or come practice with you in person? Yeah, so I'm teaching about like six classes a week upstate New York. Um, and one of the studios, Whole Sky Yoga, it's all uh, hybrid. So you can practice with me virtually there too. Um, and I'm going to have a yin yoga teacher training in Guatemala on the 28th at wow. Lake Atitlan. 20, yeah. 28th, so, of, 28th of, of October. October. Mm -hmm. Nice. In Guatemala? Ooh. Yeah, it's such a, a lovely place. I'm so excited about it. Wow. I've always wanted to go. I've heard amazing things about it. Oh, maybe you can come do some that yoga. That would be so fun. Is it on that really famous Ooh, lake? Yeah. Is it are you is it on the you said it's yeah. On, yeah. What is the lake called again? Yeah, yeah, my friend, um, it's called Lake Atitlan. That's right. And my friend uh, from Daya Yoga, she has uh, two yoga studios in Brooklyn. She also has a property there on the lake. And it's very like connected to the, the families and like the indigenous people there and supports them. And it really it's like family. So it's a really great environment and it feels good to host something there. Very cool. And that's um, that is there's accommodation and everything there, like on that property. People just go stay yeah. there. You, someone cooks, there's food, everything. Yep. Yeah. All the goods. Yeah. Amazing. Me and my uh, good friend, Liza Leonard, are going to be doing it together. And she's spent a lot of time there also. So nice. it's going to be fun. Awesome. 
Well, that sounds cool. I appreciate you filling us in on those details. What next today? Before we, when we get off the phone here, what, what, what do you got next? Today, I'm going to a little coffee shop around here and going to make some flyers for some events and send some emails and prepare for the retreat I'm holding next weekend. Nice. Um, and get some bins to keep moving my stuff out of my space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nomadic, right? We just got to be able to move, keep it light, keep it light. Yeah, it feels so good to just shed a load. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I recently started collecting vinyl again, and now I'm like, if I have to move, I'm going to be so mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I hope you yeah. have a nice round where you are now. <laughs> Thank you. It was really great, Shri. I really appreciate meeting you, and, and I, I'll be in touch with you here very, very soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Such a, a pleasure to chat. Thank you. Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review and join us next time.